Welcome to Lacrosse Recruiting 101, where the biggest names in lacrosse share their inside views and expertise. Now, your host, Luke Cometti. In this episode of the podcast, I talk with Will Scudder, associate head coach for the Lehigh men's lacrosse team. Will has been on staff at Lehigh since the 2014 season and has worked specifically as a face-off coach and defensive coordinator. As a player, Will played for Lehigh where he was a face-off midfielder and earned second team All-Patriot League honors and participated in the North-South Senior All-Star Game following his senior campaign. During the podcast, Will and I talk about how things have been going this fall for the Lehigh men's lacrosse team and how they have adjusted as a program to get the most out of their situation. We also cover topics like how they are helping players put in work in on their own to stay competitive, the positives of recruiting in this current climate, and some exciting things that may be coming out of the new face-off rule changes. If I miss something or there is something you'd like to hear on the next podcast, then please email us at questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com or tweet at our Twitter handle at laxrecruit101. Thanks for listening. Will Scudder, Associate Head Coach, Lehigh Men's Lacrosse. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me. So tell us what's going on with Lehigh Men's Lacrosse right now. I know the Patriot League has canceled fall sports. So like, how has that impacted you guys? Maybe how have you adjusted? Yeah, so we got back in uh, around the regular time that the guys usually come back in uh, in August. Um, we had about a two week kind of quarantine phase where where no athletes were allowed to really do anything, um, just kind of train on your own. And then we got into um, small small scale um, group work. Um, so we were working with our guys and probably like five. Uh, five people groups the first week and okay. then we went up to about 10 the second week um, got up to 15 the third and then 20 the fourth week um, and actually we're just getting into our uh, full team practices I think last Monday um, was our first one and then uh, unfortunately um, some other athletes in the athletic department um, tested positive for, for COVID so we had to kind of shut everything down for all of last week and then and then this week as well and I think next week. Um, so right now we're kind of in a in a limbo phase, um, just because there was a little bit of a flare up. Um, so we're we're, uh, we're we're just we're kind of back to um, back to everyone being kind of remote yeah. and uh, and tra- training on their own. But um, we're it, it was really fun while it lasted. Um, <laughs> it was it was great. It was great to uh, kind of go from the whole summer and, and spring of of not our guys in person to being able to even if it was wearing a mask and, and trying to social distance and, and, and things like that keeping them keeping them a certain amount apart but um, it was fun it was it was fun to see them and hopefully things will, will calm down and, and we'll be able to go back to, to where we were um, but that's that's where we're at specifically with our with our with our guys yeah it seems to be different at each program uh, I was talking to the Lafayette women's coach on the last podcast and they're completely virtual. So at least you guys have been transitioning, working with more players and more players. And it looks like you got up to just about the full team, but now, you know, knowing that it probably could shut down at any point, you guys are shut down for a few weeks. Do you guys, you as a staff have like contingency plans in place for this happening? 
you know, at this point, you got to expect it could happen that you would have to shut down for a few weeks. Do you guys have like a plan for your team to stay, you know, to not lose the momentum you guys have gotten all fall? Totally. Um, we we talked about it as a staff of like, hey, what what might happen and, and what can we do um, to kind of stay connected with our guys? And um, myself, I'm the defensive coordinator. Um, coach Crawley is the offensive coordinator. And then and Coach Catisse is the head coach. So I'll take um, last week and, and this week, I've been doing separate um, Zoom calls with the defense. Um, so we're watching some game tape from last year um, and, and kind of just nothing. It's nothing too in-depth or too too crazy. I mean, I think that we did some of this last spring. Um, I'm not expecting the guys to like fully understand everything. I mean, we were just starting to – what we had been working on was mostly individual concepts and, and things like that on getting, getting you better individually. And then we were moving towards more team concepts um, and more yeah. like defensive schematics and things like that as we were getting, as we were getting together in the larger um, groups. Um, but with doing these zoom calls, it's more, honestly, it's more to just let them feel connected um, and let them feel like, Hey, you're a part of a team. Um, Cause I know that they're frustrated anytime you get shut down and it's like, Hey, we can't, we can't go to practice. We can't, we can't see each other. Um, I know they get discouraged. And I think for me, the ex, like the, the exercise of getting everyone together is less about really putting in schemes and, and having them understand all the concepts as it is just kind of seeing faces and letting them hear each other's voices and, and talk and um, kind of have like a half hour to 45 hour long session of kind of just giving them that um, avenue to, to, to talk to each other, you know, and, and yeah. interact. Yeah, it makes sense. In that time, though, that you guys are shut down, especially currently, what do you encourage your players to do on their own? So we uh, we encourage we have our, our strength and conditioning um, coach uh, Eric Marcosi. He's he's awesome. He's um, he's throughout the spring and summer he's been awesome with kind of coming up with plans, um, individual plans for our guys, and and basically what type of equipment that they have at home. So some guys have have full gyms at home. Some guys have limited weights um, and like dumbbells and, and, and kettlebells and things like that. And other guys have nothing at all. So he puts together um, programs for our guys um, in, in, in whatever kind of group you fall in. Um, so some guys are just doing straight body weight exercises, but he, he, he puts together these really nice workouts. So we, we get, we make those available to the guys and obviously it's all optional, but um, I, I think our guys really appreciate it. They want to stay active. They want to try and just break a sweat every day. Um, but he's been instrumental in, in kind of keeping our guys in, in the best shape as possible uh, while they are away and while they're while they are remote. Yeah, and that's huge, right? Staying in shape from that standpoint. But I think of what if a defender on your team right now is like Coach Scudder, you know, I don't want to lose my lacrosse edge. What can I be doing on my own to make sure that I'm staying, you know, on top of my game as a defender? Sure, and and so and it's actually kind of perfect timing with the phase that we kind of were just in um, those individual phases I was kind of talking about um, where we are working in those small groups and we're we're focusing on probably if we're out there for 45 minutes to an hour like 10 minutes of stick work uh, maybe 10 to 20 minutes of ground balls 10 to 20 minutes of footwork um, and then a little bit of shooting so I kind of for the last three weeks gave all those guys the drills that we do and, uh-huh. and and you're while we might be there with three or four other guys 
we're doing it for individual specifics. So they have all those drills, and I, and I send them out. And I did this last spring. Um, send out all the all the drills we do, like my whole Rolodex, and all the guys like we. I hate, they know the names of all the drills. So I'll say, hey, let's let's we got. If you want to work on uh, three ground ball drills, like here, boom, boom, boom. Like here's here's the grid. Just pick pick from them, and uh, and so they can do that on their own. Um, so they that that's all fresh in their minds. And we'll talk with them specifically, like individually, and say, hey, like maybe you're a really big, strong guy, and, and you're 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 pretty athletic, and but your your stick skills aren't as great. Like let's focus more, maybe less on your footwork and more on hitting the wall and, and doing a couple wall ball tests, um, or going out and, and picking up 500 ground balls by doing these four or five different ground ball drills. Um, so that's uh, to, to, for the lacrosse specific side of things. That's where uh, that's where that comes in. Yeah, it seems like covering that kind of strength and conditioning side as well as the fundamentals and things you can do on your own ends up, you know, it's not as ideal as having your typical fall, but it probably ends up getting these guys ready, right? They're really covering, you know, the fundamentals, like I said, and the strength and conditioning. So that way, when you guys do get together as a full team, you know, you're ready to hit the ground running. Totally. And that's, uh, it, it. usually we start off, and in, in, in normal years, we, we start our, our falls all the same way anyway. Like we'll start off in those individual segments to kind of try and look at it like, hey, let's build the let's build the player up individually, get them accustomed to college, especially for the freshmen or, or the upperclassmen coming back. Like let's let's get them accustomed to getting in this uh, this new routine, and then we would get into fall ball practices later on. Um, so we were kind of on that same schedule, um, and then obviously we got shut down a little bit, but I think they're in a good spot right now. So hopefully when we do get back to team practices, we'll, uh, um, everyone have that foundation, you know, what is the feedback been from your players from like an academic standpoint? How have they been affected this fall? Um, obviously it's changed their typical fall for lacrosse, but how has it changed academically? And is there any ways you, you know, coach Cassis and the staff can kind of help them or guide them to, you know, I want to say some normalcy, but just to get through this fall and hopefully get back to, you know, the normal routine. Yeah. So we have, uh, at Lehigh, their, uh, the classes, it's, it's kind of, they left it up to every class has the remote option, um, and, and has the, the online, um, component to it. Um, some of them are still in person. So we have all of our freshmen are on campus, um, and, and probably each of them are taking, if they're taking five classes, two or three of them are probably in person still. Um, and, and then the upper class and a lot of them are taking online stuff. And it is, um, I think the guys have said it, it's a mixed, mixed review. Um, some guys have a little bit trouble learning, um, online, like through the computer screen and, um, they want to be able to stay after class and, and ask their professor a couple questions and, and kind of just get that, uh, um, that more personal interactive learning yeah. um other guys have said it's, it's totally fine and that they they feel uh that they feel like it's the it's the same and and they haven't been too bothered by it um what we've done to try and help with that is we'll do our we continue to do like bi-weekly meetings um with with our guys just to check in and say hey how, how are you doing in classes how's it going like i know uh they just had a, a round of mid like midterms a couple weeks ago um, it was kind of like that first round of testing, and that's that's usually a big indicator of, all right, how am I going to do in this class? Like, uh, I know some of those, obviously speaking, kind of more towards the freshmen um, and sophomores, just because of some of those uh, 
they're they're getting adjusted to, to, to college life and, and and taking college classes for the first time. So I think those guys are the most important um, in making sure that they're comfortable. And if they need help, um, they can still get tutors and and, and and academic support like that. We have an academic advisor who um, who really helps the guys with um, just with their classes. If anything pops up, um, she meets with them weekly as well. Um, so that's. It, 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 it's, we're trying to keep the, the semblance of normalcy as best as possible. And I thought, I think we've done a, a pretty good job of that so far. Yeah. And I remember one thing I took advantage of, especially when I was at Syracuse is all the options they had with, you know, helping getting athletes set up with tutors, right. To help them with classes. Are you guys able to do that given, you know, all the restrictions this fall? I mean, do you have coach Scudder's, calculus uh tutoring sessions or are you <laughs> able to set up something with you know I, I don't know with the academic staff that's yeah. helps them with these classes yeah so um they actually make it really easy um they uh they there's a there's a google link that they that they send out at the beginning of every semester and if uh if you want to sign up for for a tutor you just go and fill out the form and then you get a, you get assigned one um and uh and They've just been meeting the same way they kind of have class. It's just been been doing it over Zoom, um, and uh, I think that it's it's maybe not as easy as, as sitting next to the person and and showing them uh, showing them your paper and and, and have, like kind of collaborating that way. But I mean, it is uh, um, like just like the reality we're living in. I, I think the guys are making the best of it, and, yeah. and they're 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 getting the same academic support they would be getting in in in, in regular years. It's just just through a computer screen like it kind of seems like everything else is these days for sure well it sounds like you have a little more time now that things have gotten shut down for the the near future but that may be a positive from a recruiting standpoint right it may give you a little more time to focus on your recruiting this fall can you talk to us a little bit about how kind of this summer and now fall is going with recruiting, especially because you and the staff have not been able to be on the sidelines watching players, right? It's all kind of been watching film and all virtual at this point. How have you guys approached it initially? Maybe how have you adjusted and how has that gone? For sure. Uh, we, I thought, I thought the summer went pr pretty well. Um, it was, it was nice to obviously have all that film available to you. I mean, when you go out in, uh, live recruiting, if you're at a tournament, there's only, um, there's only so much you can watch. Um, I mean, if you're there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, you might, you're going to watch all those game slots, but you, you can only maybe watch a, a certain team, um, maybe two two times that day if you're trying to see everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the nice things about the, um, all the film that we've, that we've been made access to is that you can watch as much as you want. Um, and the way we try to do it um, in, in terms of like our live recruiting anyway is we'll, we'll break up our staff and kind of we'll watch everyone. We'll watch every club team, but, but or every, every high school team, but we, we try to break up a little regionally um, or, or if I, if, if someone on staff has a has a personal connection with with a club or a high school team, then then you kind of that's that's you're kind of the keeper of that team. And so I think we try to do the same thing um, with with the online film and virtually. I mean, we we you kind of tackle those those same programs that you usually watch um, live. You just do it online, and then uh, and then if, say I'm the defensive coordinator and I see an, an O guy that I like on a certain team, it's like, hey, Coach Crawls, uh, 
I think you should go watch this game a little bit more, watch them a little closer. Um, and but uh, I think having the all the amount of film available, while it's overwhelming maybe at first, it's yeah. uh, it's just really nice to be able to go in and watch as much as you want, and you don't feel like all right, I was at an, a live event and I just saw a kid five, score five goals and a half. And then it's like, all right, I think he's really good. But then you don't know what he did the rest of the day. Um, and now you have that that option of kind of going and if you really kind of fall in love with a guy, you're, you're going and watching. You can watch all the games he had that day. Yeah, and that's why I think a lot of club coaches are encouraging players to get as much, and high school coaches, to get as much film of their games as possible because like you're saying it's great to have all these you know different game films films especially if you start locking in on a player now you don't just see him for a half a day now you can see you know four three four full games of him just to make sure you're understanding who he is as a player aside from getting film right as a high school player trying to get recruited right now what else do you think uh given the summer and fall, like what else can they be doing to help their chances to get seen by the schools they want to get seen by? Well, for us, I think that we're more, now more than ever, uh, we're, we're relying on our connections in the, in the high school, like the club and, 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 and high school world. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're trusting our, um, our contacts, so if you have a really good relationship with, with a guy, it's like, I've never seen this kid play live, but I really trust you. Um, and, and you're, and you're kind of valuing those opinions probably more now so than ever. Um, so, but to answer your question of like, what can the kid do? I think it's, it's building, continuing to build those relationships with your, with your high school coach and, and, and club coach and, and just kind of seeing, I think those, those, at least for us, we're using those um, contacts. Uh, the most, and I think is for for a high school kid to um, continuing to talk to talk to their club coaches, their high school coaches, and, and seeing where they're at in the process. And, and I think that kind of using them as advocates for for themselves is, is really the best they can do because we're not able to have any prospect days or, or go out and live recruit. I think just continuing to play in as many events as, as they can, um, or, or that, that that fits their schedule, um, and 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 having the their, their their club or high school coach um talking to talking to as many coaches as they can yeah yeah that makes good sense this episode of the podcast is brought to you by iron horse lacrosse the number one lacrosse program in texas for travel teams camps and clinics for more information on iron horse visit their website at www.ironhorselax.com Players who are like trying to get recruited, especially, you know, this fall, they're trying to line up their events. How much are you paying attention to who like the competition is they're playing against? Because people are trying to balance, you know, especially from non-traditional areas outside of the East Coast, you know, the Northeast. They're trying to balance, okay, am I going to hop on a flight? and go to, you know, New Jersey or New York or Pennsylvania to play these good club teams with no coaches there. You know, it's like, or can I do some local events, maybe against some not as good, but pretty good competition? Is that going to get, you know, the same thing accomplished? Is that going to be enough for these college coaches to get, you know, a good decision on if I'm good enough to be there? 
Do you have any thoughts on that? Because that seems to be a pretty big dilemma. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, if, if, I mean, if you're coming from a non-traditional area, you obviously have to factor in the flights and travel and, and everything with that. And um, I think that if you're not able to make it work, um, at the end of the day, you probably we, it doesn't matter. We, the film is going out and playing if it's just your local team um and say if you're in the state of minnesota you know like you're going out and playing some of those local teams if that's the best you guys can do is just playing those that area as opposed to coming out east that's better than nothing um if they are able to come out and and kind of continue to play the 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 rest of the country and 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 all the competition that's available that's that's best case scenario um i do we definitely do factor that in though like we do factor in let's all right this, this kid's really popping on film um but let's let's look around like who is he playing against it's funny i was actually watching a highlight tape the other day and i was just like sometimes i have my wife just could get another set of eyes on him like like, what do you think of this and uh and she was like i don't think the other kids on the film are moving like like, who is he going against Um, is he good or is he running by a traffic cone like i can't tell yeah exactly (laughs) so um i do think we definitely take that into consideration um but at the end of the day you're, especially the environment we're living in right now, like a lot of people are hamstrung by what they, what they can do um, travel-wise. Um, so I think uh, it's it's up to us as evaluators to, to figure it out. If the kid's a, a really good athlete, he's a really good athlete, and and uh, and you can you can kind of figure that out by comparing and contrasting a guy that like a known quantity. Um, and that's what we try to do is we kind of look at the top guys in the country at, at certain positions, and then. Like, all right, well, I just watched him play, on, and it's on film. But I like, how does that kid? How does this kid I'm looking at from a, maybe a non-traditional spot that you're not quite, you're you're kind of questioning the competition? Like, how does he just look athletically compared to this this other guy? Um, and how he moves, the, the fluidity of 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 him. Um, and I mean, at the at the end of the day, that's like that's that's what we're doing. We're we're trying to we're talent evaluators, and we're trying to trying to make the best decisions as possible. But I think in three to four years, it'll be really um, really telling you're gonna you're gonna figure out who 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 the guys were were, were good at it and, and who wasn't. Um, but I definitely think this is probably the most challenging um, time that that I've had in in, in my recruiting um, so far. Yeah, absolutely. I can just see how it's tough, you know, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. But another point is too, like some of these guys play fall sports, and you know, I think of football players in Texas here, and not only is it hard to get out to the East Coast and to play against good competition, especially at this point, but also it's a risk, right? If they go out to go play in a tournament midseason and they're contributing on their varsity football team, now it's like, okay, they're in a dilemma because if they get hurt, you know, now they're not able to play football, they're letting their football team down, and you can tell they're pretty torn, but at the same time, if they're wanting to go play in college, play lacrosse in college, something they kind of need to do. So having those conversations, it's tough to really tell them what they need to do. Uh, and I'm just wondering, I guess as you as a coach, I mean, I, I assume you guys are pretty understanding. Uh, you know, most coaches like to see their, you know, their players or their potential recruits playing other sports. But do you have any insight on that or advice on that to players who are kind of torn? Like, okay, I don't necessarily want to go play because I don't want to get hurt. And, you know, I'm in football season now, but at the same time, I want to get recruited because lacrosse could be my future. Yeah, totally. I, I think, um, like you're saying, I mean, we're we love multi-sport guys. I'm, I'm sure most coaches in the country will, will say that. 
Um, I just think it's we've we've taken guys um, off of football film, um, off of like just just watching them, seeing how they are as as athletes. And I think that to, to, if I was giving advice to a a high school guy that that's playing a fall sport, like I think if you're if you're play, if you're on that team and you're committed to that team, then like that's your that's your number one priority at the at for from from September to whenever you guys finish. Um, so I would not advise them to go and play. Like I'm sure they feel the pressure seeing seeing guys in their class committing. And um, but like if you made a commitment to that to that team and that organization, like I, I would say see it through. Um, and and don't worry about going out east to play. Um, try and get recruited. I mean I'm sure they would have had a lot of film from the summertime. Um, and it's like hey, go, go get some football film out there. Like I, I would rather. You're a if you're a starting high school running back. Like I'm, I'd be happy to watch your your football film and <laughs> and uh, and use that as use yeah. that as uh like whatever film you would have gotten playing in that fall lacrosse. You know, so I think uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too worried about missing out. And I I know that um well, sometimes fall lacrosse isn't isn't the greatest, especially when you get into like November and early December. It's, it's getting kind of cold out here, and and uh and, and the guys haven't had their sticks in a while, so. Um, I, I would say keep going with those fall sports. Another topic I wanted to cover with you is face-offs and how that's going to look in the future. Um, obviously, they propose those new face-off rules. I think it looks like it's going to go through the standing up, neutral grip. I, I believe they may decide officially in December, but I, for all intents and purposes, I think it's going to go through. And I know you've worked with face-off guys, at least in the past. I'm sure you still do to some extent. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how you're going to be working with players in the future now and maybe some things that high school players should focus on now with the new rule changes? Sure. Um, so I, I was a face-off guy myself in, uh, in college. Um, so I, I think I know the position fairly well. Um, and then, and then I, I work with the face-off guys on, on staff. Um, so I think that the new rule changes, um, will, yeah, I agree. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to stay like they're here to stay. And yeah. we've, um, we've gotten this fall, we got to work on it a little bit with our, with our unit. Um, and it's, it's been fun. I mean, for me, I, um, I'm learning with, with our guys and I think that I, I don't have, uh, have, have a huge ego where it's like, Hey, this is my way or the highway. I love to take into um, a lot of these face-off guys, it's, it's totally different from when I was in high school. Like I think, like I was, I kind of played midfield and, and face-off, and I was definitely a face-off guy. But like I, you did, a, it wasn't as, as specialized as it is. <laughs> it wasn't now. a fogo, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, and now like these guys, I love our guys. I mean, they live, sleep, eat, breathe it, um, and they are so they're so consumed by it that I think they think of things that I haven't thought of. Um, so I love having those discussions with with our group um and and seeing like what 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 they want to do like how i always think like um i have my philosophies as a coach but if a guy is feels really strongly about something like one way like let's let's try i'm, I'm open to try and trying that out and we'll see how that works and i would think that um as a player like they're going to buy into things um a lot more if it's if they feel like they have a say in it, if they feel like they have, um, it's, it's coming from them. It's, 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 it's their idea too. Um, so we, we've been playing around a lot this fall. We have, uh, we have three guys right now, three face-off guys on our team. 
Um, and we're, we were going out like three, four days a week. Um, just, just little sessions, like half hour, 40 minutes, um, and just kind of going against each other and seeing what works. I think that you're, the, the biggest thing you're going to see is a lot more countering. Um, I think in the, in the past when you had the knee down guys, it, you have two guys going against each other, like, like two Rams, you know, like head button. Um, and which, which I love, I mean, I, I, I love coaching that up and the technical aspect of that stuff. But, um, I think that now you're still going to have a lot of guys clamping. And I just still think like that's, that's the, uh, the, the, the thing that we're teaching the most. Um, but you have more options of kind of going for defensive moves and, and swiping and, and, uh, um, and things like that. So I think sometimes you hear in the face-off game, comparing it to like rock, paper, scissors, like if I throw rock, you throw um, paper, like if I throw scissors, you're going to throw rock, like, like little, just like if, if he's doing this, then I'm going to, I'm going to pivot and, and, and use this counter move. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we will, we'll, we'll see more of that going forward. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I never thought of it as it's going to be easier to counter, right? You know, because you think of it initially, you think it's just going to be quick, right? And I think that was kind of the whole point behind this is so that they're not going to be sitting there kind of in a wrestling match for 30 seconds, right, each time they go down for a face-off. Now it's going to be, you know, clamp, hopefully a quick swipe, but at the same time, right, there's going to be ways to counter, so focusing on those counter moves, right? Because initially, you know, if you don't win the clamp, you still have a pretty good chance of getting the ball. I think probably now more than ever because you're standing, right? You're not on a knee. You're not going to get left down there, right? As he gets it out quick, you're going to be ready and you're going to be in a position where you're going to make it a 50-50 ball. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too to um, – I, I, I think that that's the hope. Um, I think at least with the, I, I can't speak to the rules committee for when, what they were deciding, but I think that was the hope was to try and, uh, kind of get rid of some of those, those long tie ups and things like that. And, um, and I think that there's going to be more ground balls because of it, but at the same time, um, without those long tie ups, if you're winning the ball faster. So like if I'm, if I'm clamping it, I, I am. In, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out because if I'm, if you don't have those long tie-ups, maybe I'm going to win the clamp faster and be able to pop it to myself. And like, I think some of those dominant guys are going to continue to be dominant. Um, it's just, uh, I think, with what you were saying, with like being able to stand up and kind of get to those the counter moves, like you can just go and chase faster. Um, you can um, maybe tie them up a little bit long enough where the guy doesn't have as much control pulling the ball out. Um, and maybe that leads to more 50-50s, like you have your, your wings kind of crashing in. And, and uh, if you're, when you, as a face-off guy, when I'm exiting, if I've won the clamp and I'm exiting, maybe like I can get a piece of it a little bit more and, and they're not going to win it as clean pulling it out, um, which yeah. would lead to more of those ground balls. But I, I am interested to see, like I, I think a lot of the times with those knee downs, a lot of those, those, um, those tie-ups, like it, it, we had, that you had so many of those long battles, um, and then it's it's hard to pull that out and win it close, like when it when it's yourself, like after you've been you've been going for like twenty seconds, like in, mm-hmm. in a tie up. Um, so I'm interested to see if like you have some of those dominant guys and they win it really quick. Like they might just be popping it to themselves even faster now. Um, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, good point. And I think you know I'm super excited to see how that goes, how this these rules changes go. And I think initially there was some panic around the changes like you know usually there are with any change but now it seems that that panic has moved to players kind of being intrigued and coaches being intrigued and almost excited for it 
I agree, and I, I think I was I was definitely hesitant at first when the when they came out, those rules came out, and I was like, oh man, come on, like I've been we've been doing this for for fifteen fifteen years, like I know how to, I know how to coach this, I know how to recruit it, um, but it's not the end of the world, you know, like we've um, we've we've been doing it for like this last month, and it's it's fun, it's it's different, and I think with that change, it's gonna um, I'm I'm excited as well. All right, last segment of the podcast here, the Fast Five. I'm going to ask you five questions and just give me your quick initial answer and feel free to explain. Sure. Number one, Steelers or Eagles? Eagles all the way, man. <laughs> You're kind of right. Well, you guys are what, a little north of Philly, right? About uh, yeah, we're about an hour, hour north of Philly. I'm actually from outside of Philadelphia originally. I'm uh, from like the Exton downtown area, um, so I obviously grew up a big Eagles fan. It's funny up here in um, in Bethlehem. It, it could it could go anywhere. I mean, we're we're an hour and a half um, west of New York City, so you have a lot of like it's it's a lot of Giants and and, and okay. Jets fans a little bit. Um, some Steelers, but I would say for the most part, it's, it's Eagles. Yeah. Number two, if I asked your team to describe you as a coach, what would they say? I think they would say that I'm I'm passionate and uh and, and very caring. I think uh I tell the guys I tell people in the recruiting process, I tell our guys all the time, like I didn't get into college coaching um because like I I like love lacrosse, like I love the X and O's. I mean I think that's a really interesting and fun part of the game. Yeah. But I got into coaching because I love people, um and I love being able to, to work um with our guys. And, and you have like, you're just interacting with people all day, every day, and you're really invested in their lives. Um, and that's why I got into coaching and that's why I'm in coaching and I love it. Um, so I think that's what, that's kind of how they would, I think that I, hopefully that, that comes through, um, to them every day. And I think that they would, uh, they would, hopefully passion, um, passion would be the, the, the big word that they, they would use to describe me. Nice. Number three. If you aren't coaching lacrosse, what would we what would we find you doing? Um, that's a good a uh, good question. I um, so when I graduated um, college, um, I was working in uh, in like a insurance um, sports insurance world, selling policies and uh, and and uh, to, to to colleges and universities. And I did that for two years, and and I hated it. Um, that's I uh, I I was not enjoying it. I um, it was it was fine. I was making good money, and and it, it, I just didn't really feel like I was applying myself. And that was that was in that that desk. Like I was working behind a desk for for twelve hours a day. Um, so I figured that out really quick. That that was something I didn't want to do. I needed to kind of be moving around, and uh, and and being active. Um, so I think that uh, I, I used to actually work uh, construction in the summer times. My uncle has a uh, has a construction company um, that I that I worked for since I was twelve um, in the summers. So I, when I got to this kind of crossroads, um, I was I was I was kind of go into like maybe a construction management type role, like kind of go go back that route, or uh, and then coach the seats kind of kind of uh, through that 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 lifeline that uh, that um, that. Uh, that rope out to me and, and pulled me into into college coaching and I love it and am extremely extremely grateful uh, for him. Yeah. But if I wasn't in in coaching, I, I probably might, might might go back down that construction road. Okay, well, it's still a good skill to have, especially you know for your own house and potentially a little little side business. Yeah, I've been doing uh doing a little remodeling um, 
over the uh, over the summer doing doing a new bathroom downstairs. So it is it's nice to have that that uh, little background. Absolutely. Number four, what is your favorite sport other than lacrosse? Definitely football. Um, I think uh, there's a lot that translates between football and lacrosse. I um, I that's what I played growing up. Like football and lacrosse were the two sports I love watching the Eagles um, and just I love the, the competitiveness and the, the the passion those guys play with and I think that those are the best athletes in the, in the world um, they got guys like you know, just the, how big and strong they are and, and, yeah. uh, and how fast they move um, so I would, I would definitely go with football number five I'm going to change it up because I was going to ask what is your favorite part about being a lacrosse coach but you kind of answered that so I'm going to say what is the hardest part about being a lacrosse coach Hardest part, um, I would say it's probably. I mean, I think I, I love recruiting. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the hardest part. I do think that sometimes making decisions in the recruiting process um, is 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 really difficult. Um, I mean, you have a lot of guys that all look very similar, and um, yeah. and at the end of the day, you're you're taking some leaps of faith. Um, whether you're taking some chances on some guys and maybe that you see something that you um, that you like that reminds you of something that maybe in yourself or reminds you of um, someone you played with um, but it's not like no, no one's a finished product in high school so there's no there's no really like slam dunk sure things um, so I think that there's I think sometimes in those in those recruiting um, in the recruiting process you're 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 deciding on like maybe you have one spot at like especially the goalie and faceoff positions. I mean you're only taking one guy um, usually in those classes, so you're deciding like all right, I hope I made the right decision. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, we will always fall back on all right. Is he a hard worker? Is he tough? Does he really care? Like is is the passion there? Um, but you're only you're, you're talking to these guys on the phone. Um, we try to do our due diligence with, with talking to the high school coaches and the, and the club coaches and, and talking to the, the families and, and meeting everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, you're not really spending enough time with them to, to be sure. Um, so I think that's, I think that sometimes that's the hardest part is, is deciding between two guys that you really like, but you only have one spot and it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's go with it. Um, and then you hope it, uh, hope it works out. Yeah. And, you know, you can do all the research, you can talk to the parents, the club coaches, you know, the high school coaches, but at the end of the day, I mean, it really is what the player does after he commits. And, you know, once he gets yeah. on campus and that, you know, that's so hard for a college coach to be able to predict. And I, you know, I just think recruiting, not only for college coaches, but for high school coaches, club coaches, players, parents, I mean, that's probably the hardest part about, you know, continuing your career from high school to college for everyone for sure and i think uh as cliche as it sounds i mean you just you you go with like at the end of the day we fall back on like just like, you, like we, we fall back on who, who the hardest working guy is and who cares the most and i think like you said uh you could have all the talent in the world coming out of high school but a lot of a lot of people playing in college have that talent and it's, it's the guys that are that just care at a different level um that are the ones that are, i think are successful in college exactly well, Will, thanks again for coming on, making the time. Uh, best of luck here this fall. You know, hopefully you get some more team practices in, and then obviously into the spring season. Yeah, Luca, it was, it was great um, coming on, and, and I, I really appreciate it. 
great, great talking to lacrosse. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Recruiting 101. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Have a question for Luke? Email them to questions at lacrosserecruiting101.com.